0: for joining us this week for Sunday worship. As a church family, we would normally be in our building, and we could pass the collection plates. We share our time, our talents, and our treasure. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your continued support. You can e-transfer to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or graceuc at whiteman.ca Checks can also be mailed to Grace United Church, 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, N4N 1V6. Thank you for your support.
1: As we gather and worship from home and in person, may we feel God's Spirit drawing us together, holding us in love, and reminding each and every one of us that we are loved, we are cherished by God and by community. A couple of announcements for us today. A reminder that there is an announcement sheet at the back as well as a large print bulletin that you're welcome to grab if you'd like or if you'd like to deliver it to somebody you know. Um, The board met this past Wednesday for our board meeting and one of the things that we were talking about was our COVID-19 safety procedures and what do we do now that certain things are opening up more? And in that conversation, One of the key things that we um, are centering ourselves in is is doing things carefully and safely that allow um, all people, as many people as possible, to worship together. And following those key um, uh, key values, we have made a couple of changes. Um, Some things are staying the same for now. For now, We'll continue to ask for proof of vaccination and that will be until, um, well, we'll be reviewing it at the end of the month. Um, Tomorrow, the mask mandate in Ontario ends, but we will continue to require masks while in worship because what we do here is a bit of a higher risk. We are singing together, we are gathering together. So you'll be required to continue to wear a mask properly over nose mouth while in worship and also in the common areas of the church groups are allowed to remove them once they're in the rooms but when you're in the common area please continue to wear your mask for the safety of all um, this was a change a little a couple weeks ago you're no longer required to um, reserve your spot for worship and um, we are no longer contact tracing because that is no longer a requirement and as you see as, as those who are here know we've opened up more of the middle pew keeping the sides for a bit more social distancing for those who prefer. Um, Our is also open. And um, we are doing coffee-less coffee time for now, but you can see it on Sundays, you can hear it before worship. People wanna see each other, they wanna visit. So we've set up some space downstairs in the CE Hall for people to gather and chat. We've also set up some tables and um, We have conversation starter cards if you'd like to use those down there. But we know that it's a blessing to be together. together. So if you are able and you're comfortable, please join us downstairs. Masks will be required down there as well. And today's Coffee Less Coffee Hour is um, the Social Action Global Concern Committee is um, collecting money for the United Church of Canada um, appeal for the people of Ukraine they are also um, the social action global concern committee has made um, ribbons that are um, by donation they made over a hundred the other day um, so if you would like one they are at the back they'll also be downstairs I, I assume can get any odds I not. I'm getting a nod so they'll be available downstairs as well This Wednesday, um, we continue with the uh, Ecumenical Lent Services, United in Christ for Others. This week, it will be um, Pastor Juanita Leverty from the Mennonite Church, leading worship. And that's from 12 to 12.30 at St. Matthew's Evangelical Lutheran Church, the Red Red Church, as some people call it. Um, just a reminder too that if you are interested in the Lent study, um, forty days of engagement on anti-racism, and you missed the other Tuesday nights, you're still welcome to join us any Tuesday you'd like to or are able to. And our uh, mark your calendar for our spring food drive that will be happening April tenth. Um, Catherine Dankel was in contact with our local food bank to see what. They might need this year usually they give a list of things they need this year they told her we need everything Um, the shelves are pretty bare there and they have seen an increase of 40 percent usage of the food bank so if you are able to um, bring food for april 10th but also bring it any week you'll be going regularly to the food bank to help in need those in need right now Um, and we continue to hold in prayer the the ministry and work of our Hanover Food Bank, and hold in prayer all those who rely on the food bank um, to meet their daily needs. Are there any other celebrations, or birthdays, or announcements? I see Jen doesn't have her hand up. She's telling me no. so Jen's family says it's her birthday, but Jen says don't. It was, yesterday. <laughs> it was yesterday. Happy birthday yesterday, Jen. Anyone else with a birthday or celebration this week or last week? No? no. Happy birthday, Jen. Thank you. And as we begin our worship, we light a candle for peace in a world, in communities where violence is an everyday reality for so many, we pray for God's peace. We pray for the people of Ukraine, the people of Afghanistan, the people of Syria, for shelters and refugee camps, for all who are hurting, all who are helping. We pray for peace, O oh God. As we gather in worship, we remember that Grace United Church is centered on the area of land covered under Treaty 45 and a half. We are gathered on the traditional territory of the Mississauga, Ottawa, and Anishinaabawaki Nations, and home area of Saugeen Ojibwe Nation and the Chippewas of Nawash, unceded First Nations. We pray that God may ever lead us in the work of truth, reconciliation, and healing. Let us join together in singing our opening hymn, All Who Are Thirsty. I invite you to stand or sit as you would like. one another to worship. May the God of grace be welcome in our midst. May we receive the power of peace of divine love. Come let us worship with our hearts and minds and bodies. Let us become one seeking justice and compassion. Blessed be God who challenges, heals and unites us. Blessed be our journey, and blessed be our vision. Blessed be God who inspires all things to be new. And we join together. God of wilderness, God of the journey, soften our hearts and open our ears, that we might heed wisdom's call. Stir us to vision and action that we may extend your love wherever there is need for hope and healing. Amen. And let us hear how God is speaking to us through our stories of our faith and our scripture readings for today.
2: Nothing prepares us to lose the ones we love most in the world. Lisa's husband, Steve, was in and out of palliative care for years, I'd been journeying with my husband's end-of-life for almost three years, actually, and it was a very difficult journey. He wasn't ready to leave this life. Just the week before he died, I remember him saying, I'll surprise you yet, next week you'll see me walking around that circle with my cane. But unfortunately that didn't happen. After Steve died. Lisa attended a widow's support circle facilitated by Aura, a mission and service partner. Aura, meaning life in Maori, helps people move through grief and loss through workshops and support circles. Hearing the story shared, the wisdom shared, the laughter and tears brought me to a place where I was I felt comfortable in, in sharing a bit of my own pain and my own journey. And there was this sense of solidarity in our pain, um, a companionship, and an understanding that surpassed uh, my different other networks of resource. Uh, because being a widow is a different kind of loss than you know losing a parent or losing a child or, or losing a friend. Your gifts through mission and service help people like Lisa rebuild their lives after loss. Or uh, just like other outreach ministries that we have, our ways are tangible ways of showing our faith in action. Uh, My story is one of a gazillion stories of how some of these initiatives really impact the communities. where they're planted. One of the most difficult times of my life, you provided care and love and comfort. Indeed, we are not alone. We live in God's world. Thank you.
0: In today's scripture reading, um, our first one comes from Isaiah 1 to nine. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that may have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labour for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, that he may have mercy on them and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Our second reading is from Luke 13, 1 to 9. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose Blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way that they are worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Salome fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than when all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and when he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and still I find none cut it down. Why should you be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The word of the Lord.
3: In the fall there is a flower in the sea is our beginning
1: May you hear the words of my mouth and may the meditations of all of our hearts be blessed by God. As a child, how many of you were ever told, don't run with your hands in your pocket? Anybody? Some of us. Maybe some of us don't remember. Maybe some of us have told other people, don't run with your hands in your pocket. Maybe a parent, a teacher told you this. I can't remember who said it to me, but I know somebody did say it to me at one point because it's one of those bits of random knowledge that stick in my brain from a long, long time ago. You don't run with your hands in your pocket. Have you ever heard this before? Do you know why you don't run with your hands in your pocket? It wasn't until I was 24 and working as a chaplain at a sea cadet camp in BC that I learned the reason why. And it made a lot of sense. One of the instructors at the confidence course, that's a sort of obstacle course, took the time to explain the reason to the cadets. Instead of just yelling, don't put your hands in your pocket, they took the time. Do you know why? We shouldn't run or really even walk with our hands in our pocket, because if we fall, and all of us fall at one point or another, with our hands in our pockets, if we fall, we are less likely to be able to catch ourselves. A group of people are talking to Jesus. Did you hear about the Galileans who Pilate killed? He killed them and he mixed their blood with the sacrifices they were making. Pontius Pilate as prefect of Judea oversaw the military and the taxation in the region, both of which were very unpopular, both of which were very oppressive. Pilate is known historically in historical literature as inflexible, stubborn, and cruel. That's what the Jewish historian Josephus calls him. The story we hear today of the Galileans whose blood is mixed with their sacrifices, don't appear, that story doesn't appear in any other historical literature, but there are other accounts of Pilate as a very cruel and violent ruler. The story we hear today is fitting to the image of Pilate that many people knew in Jesus's time. Pilate is a very real cause for concern for Jesus' followers, because Jesus' teachings and his actions and his gathering of disciples challenge Pilate's rule, challenge the Roman Empire. On Good Friday, we will remember how dangerous Pilate's rule is for Jesus and his followers. Now, Jesus listens to the horror story and responds to the unasked question, the question many people were undoubtedly thinking. Did the Galileans who were killed deserve what happened to them? Did they bring it upon themselves? Was God punishing them? Jesus responds to a question that no one dares to ask, but everyone is pondering. Do you think that they were any more sinful than any other Galilean? No. Do you think the people killed when the Tower of Siloam fell were any more sinful than anyone else in Jerusalem? No. That's not a a reassuring answer for Jesus' followers. There's a lot of comfort in the notion that bad things only happen to bad people and that good things always happen to good people. There's a lot of comfort in a notion that God punishes the wicked and always saves the good from violence or accident. What are Jesus' followers who are coming more and more into confrontation with the authorities to make of this? What is the point of being in relationship with God, of following Jesus, if bad things happen to good people and they might meet the same fate as the dead Galileans? Why why do bad things happen to good people? I think many of us, maybe all of us, have had to come face to face with this difficult question at some point in our lives. The pandemic has probably raised this question for most of us. We are confronted with this question when we watch the news and see the violence, see the loss, or when we look around us. This question lurks in moments of difficulty, the early death of a child or loved one, the onset of illness or disease, Accidents, wars, layoffs, pandemic, and so many other things. Why, why do bad things happen to good people? Is God punishing? Did I, they, we do something to deserve it? The preacher and teacher Barbara Brown Taylor shares a very sad story about when she was on call as a chaplain at a hospital. A young girl had been rushed to the emergency room, diagnosed with a brain tumor, and was undergoing surgery. When Reverend Taylor arrived at the hospital, she found the young mother sitting in the waiting room beside a pile of discarded cigarette butts. The mother eventually broke down and said, this is my fault. God was telling me to quit smoking and I wouldn't listen. God knows that the only way I will listen is to go after my child. So here I am, I can't stop smoking and I'm killing her. The mother's theology says God punishes the wicked. Her daughter was innocent, so God must be punishing her. Why? Why do bad things happen to good people? After all, wouldn't it be much easier? Wouldn't life make much more sense, be much more comforting if the notion that God punishes the wicked and saves the righteous was more evident in our day-to-day lives? What's the point of faith, of relationship with God if the good are allowed to suffer and the bad prosper? Is God absent? Is God unloving? Have you ever wrestled? with this big, painful question. Jesus asks, were those who died worse sinners? And into this silence he responds, no, but unless you repent, unless you refocus your life, unless you tune into God, you'll die like them. Now, I don't believe that Jesus is calling everyone a sinner who deserves to be punished. That goes against the grace that he often preaches. And I don't believe he is talking about rewards after death because Jesus talks so much about life here and now. Jesus is talking about something very immediate, this moment, this life, as he so often does. Reality involves suffering and death. Innocent people suffer and die. The powerful will often silence those crying out against injustice. The ebb and flow of life involves loss, suffering, and death that everyone must face. Sometimes the good suffer when they stand up for what is right. Sometimes they suffer because of injustice. Sometimes they suffer because suffering is part of life. Death, disease, natural disaster sadly are a part of life. So where's the good news in all of this? Why bother repenting that tuning into God? By being tuned into God, the disciples will experience a depth of love and a source of strength that will help them to face the hardship and suffering that life brings. It won't remove hardship and suffering from their lives, but it'll give them the love and the strength. When the authorities come around to silence their cries for justice, when they kill Jesus, God will be with them, giving them the courage to continue the ministry of Jesus. When life is at its breaking point, when they find themselves on the ground, God will still be there, giving them the strength to reach out and pick, up to pick themselves up again, or to reach out for help, or to reach out to help others. As a later apostle Paul will say, write, because of God's love, because of God's love, even death loses its sting. Oh death, oh death, where is your sting? Why should we keep our hands out of our pockets when we're running or even walking? Because when we fall, and all of us fall eventually, we are better able to catch ourselves. Life centered in God doesn't take away suffering, but life centered in God gives us the strength to reach out and pick up, pick ourselves up even in the moments of deepest despair, grief, death, and injustice. It is the rich soil which helps us to bear good fruit as we share God's love with others with those who are struggling. Today's passage is not a passage about death, but about life, about how we live even when things get difficult. God gives us the strength to care for ourselves and one another. When we run out of energy and strength, when, we, when life trips us up, when we are pushed down, we can tap into the depth of God, and catch ourselves, or when it is too overwhelming, we can find the strength to accept the outstretched hand of another, a family member, a friend, a kind stranger. Rabbi Harold Kushner, who wrote a book called Why Bad Things Happen to Good People, Rabbi Harold Kushner says that this tapping into something bigger than oneself is the hardest, in the hardest of moments, is the greatest proof for the existence of God that he has ever found. He is a man who knows loss all too well. At a young age, he watched the celebration of having a child turn to sorrow as his son was diagnosed with an incurable genetic disorder that killed him at, as a teenager. Rabbi Kushner was devastated, heartbroken, and angry. He slowly learned that God was with them in his sorrow as he found the strength to carry on, to go on living. He learned the value of community that grieves and supports the person whose life is torn apart. This drawing on the depth of God is what gives the grieving parent the strength to journey through the grief no matter how hard it is. This is what gives the grieving spouse the permission to go on living. This is what gives the person who experiences profound loss the courage to accept the outstretched hand of a friend. This is what gives the suffering and persecuted the strength to stand tall. This is what gives the dying the courage, the courage to let go of life. The strength and love that is experienced when we are tuned into God heals us in ways deeper than physical. It transforms us and allows us to live fully and to die fully. We become like that fig tree, bearing good fruit as we share God's love. God's love is flowing through each and every one of us giving us strength and helping us to be a holy presence to one another. May this love nurture us and help us to bear good fruit as we serve one another and live more fully the life Christ calls us to. So friends, come. Come, let us be part of the amazing things that God is doing this day and always. Amen. Thanks be to God. We share our gifts of time, talent, love, food, relationship, prayer, and money. And we celebrate those gifts as we ask God to bless them. And we join in singing the chorus of More Voices 171, Christ has no body now but yours. We do not live by, on bread alone, but by your word, loving God. May that word fill our hearts and our hands, all that we have and all that we are, that it may be a blessing in your word. In Jesus' name we ask, it. Amen. And as we join in prayer this morning, our prayer is from the Canadian Food Grains Bank website in honor of World Water Day, which was observed this past Friday on March 22nd. May our prayers join with others around the world as we honor this precious resource. Let us pray. Holy God, whose spirit moved over the waters at the dawn of creation, Hear our prayers for all who thirst today. We pray for those who are spiritually thirsty, who long to know your presence, but don't know where to find you. We pray for those who are alone and without hope, those who long to feel needed and loved, those who are searching for meaning and purpose. We pray for all who are physically thirsty, who don't have enough water to drink or feed their animals whose fields are parched whose crops have withered those who have to walk long distances to find enough water to survive or have to, or who have to contend be content with water that is unclean we pray for those whose homes and villages are torn apart because of drought or famine we pray for those who are thirsty for justice, who long for an equal sharing of resources among peoples and nations. those who put their lives at risk to protect streams and rivers and oceans, those who are working to find clean water and make it available to those who need it. Oh healing river, pour down your waters and heal your people. God, we ask that you would open our hearts to the needs of all who thirst. Give us courage to work together for justice, to stand alongside those who are thirsty, so that all people everywhere may live without want or fear, and may discover the abundant life you promised to each one. Loving God, we lift now our prayers for all who we remember this day, those who are without a place to rest their head, those who are hungry for food and justice, those who are wrestling with health and medical decisions, those who are longing for a new life, those who suffer from the hands and systems of abuse, those who wonder how they will ever make ends meet. We continue to lift up to you, Lord, the people of Ukraine, Be with them, the ones who stay and the ones who leave, the ones who weep and the ones who fight. Be with them and grant them peace, courage, and comfort. Loving God, we bring before you all others who we name now in the silence of our hearts. Gracious God, we lift all our prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the source of living water, who taught us to pray using the words of the Lord's Prayer, which we share now in the words and language both meaningful to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And let us join in this hymn number 353 from the Red Voices United hymn book, or on the screen, "'Tis a Gift to Be Simple." May we feel the love of God flowing through community, reminding us of our belonging and our worth. May the blessings of God go with us, and may we always know that we are blessed to be a blessing to others. Let us go in love, in peace, and with God. Amen.